Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Author's Porch where every great conversation has happens. I knew I was going to do that. I'm like, has? What does that mean? <laughs> Tonight on the show, we have Justin DePego. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing well. It's good to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm trying to keep my words where they need to be. Obviously, I told you I mess up my words all the time. I'm just, <laughs> you know, a scatterbrain. <laughs> well, we're, we're writers. We're not built to talk to people. Right. We're supposed to be those people that just stay in this hobbit hole and just write a bunch of books, like all those fantastic ones behind you. Exactly. <laughs> so, guys, let me give you a little information on Justin, because I've been looking forward to this conversation tonight. I actually stalked all of his socials and I seen, well, I mean, you know, you have to, you got to get to know a little bit about your guest. Right. Yeah. And I wanted to and I was like, man, this guy can draw. Like this is some cool stuff going on here. So um, Justin is an author, a filmmaker, and an all artist. Why is that word not wanting to come out tonight? An artist, as I just said. And he has this fantastic book that we're going to talk about tonight, but it's not his only book. It's just the one that we're going to highlight the most tonight. It is The Wrong Side of a Working Man, and it is an urban fantasy book, mythology. It has some thriller and suspense, and it takes place place in the modern day Los Angeles. And that's where Justin is tonight. So I'm really excited to talk about this book and where the forethought came for this book and all kinds of good stuff. So Justin, welcome. And um, like, have you always been an artist? Because those drawings were fantastic, by the way. Well, thank you. That's that's good to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always, um, I think I've always been a an artist on many, many levels and and i've always enjoyed um toying with whatever medium i have at hand so yeah i was always drawing from the time i was a little kid i was always either writing or telling stories depending on how old i was um yeah. and uh and the only yeah I, i'm not um I'm not musically inclined, unfortunately. I can't, I mean, I love music, but I can't, I can't play an instrument. Uh, but that's sort of the one uh, place where I don't uh, get to uh, get, I don't know, to exercise my art. But otherwise, yeah. I try to do whatever I can, whether it's filmmaking or drawing or writing or writing a screenplay versus writing a novel. You know, I try to do everything. Yeah, that's good. Like, I've always kind of been like that jack of all trades, master of nothing. Yeah. You know? So like I'm mediocre at a lot of things, but I can't master anything. And I'm like, darn it. Why couldn't you give me those genes? Right. But when I seen the things that you're putting out there, I'm like, well, why can't I be like Justin and all those other people that can master all these wonderful things? So now you talk about this 
we let's talk about the book uh, wrong side of a working man and i'm thinking like when i think of a working man i i grew up uh, the blue collar field you know the, all the people you know the chrysler workers bikers ah. my mom's bar those type of things so why that title and what was the the driving force for this book kind of what what brought you about with this book uh okay well let's see let's start with the title um mm -hmm. Uh, and this will be a little um, insight into me as a writer and an artist in general. Um, you, it, you might get a little inkling from the shelves behind me that I'm like, there's just, it's just in here is just full of stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, 20 years ago or so, I was on a job site. I used to work in construction. And I was standing there with another guy who was in the trades and a client that we were both working for. He and I didn't work together, but we were both working on the same house. And the client, he was just being difficult and being rude and, you know, treating blue collar people the way people do sometimes. And the guy I was working with said something like, why, you know, how stupid that he's going to treat us like this. We're working on his house. Mm. And I said, yeah, you don't want to get on the wrong side of a working man. Mm. And the second I said it, I was like, oh, I've got to remember that. That's really good. I don't know what I'm going to use that for, but it is good. Yeah. And so, like I said, that sat in a corner of my brain for, you know, a couple of decades. Wow. And I didn't know if it was a the title of something or if it was a line in a in a song or a poem or if it was a line of dialogue exactly as it happened in real life and it turned out that it fit this story that i wanted to tell because our main character our hero in this story is a working man he's an electrician uh applying his trade uh, across los angeles and uh and he's got um a wife and they have a good healthy marriage and they have a couple of daughters and they're good parents and alex is a loving husband and father um but then he discovers that there is a curse on him and this curse manifests as just terrible physical chronic pain and also an awful temper, which is something that he never had before. And so he lashes out um, and he ends up losing his job and his wife takes the girls and leaves because she doesn't feel safe. And, and then because of this curse, Alex learns that he has to perform these 10 tasks these 10 sort of mythic tasks across the landscape of Los Angeles in order to reset his balance and to reset the balance, the sort of mythic balance of the city in order to, uh, to lift this curse. So that comes back to the title. Alex is a working man and he has ended up on the wrong side of his life on the wrong side of this curse on the wrong side of the universe. Yeah. But also Alex has a mission and in order to lift this curse, he has to perform these tasks and you don't want to get in his way mm. in, 
So you don't want to be on Alex's wrong side. So the the, the title has sort of dual meanings um, because of uh, because of the path that he's on, and that's one thing about the title that I really like that fits really well with his story because it's all about the struggle. Yeah, and, and I love that because when when you think of it, it has even though it says fantasy right it has real world implications like there's so much you, you talked about um chronic pain right and yeah. the anger that comes with it there's so much real world things that are playing in this so did you always want to write it as fantasy or was it ever going to just be a, a just a a fiction novel um, cause I know that we, we had this conversation I had, a um, uh, in a group that we were in, there's women's fiction, but there's not men's fiction. It's just called fiction at that point. Right. right. right? Which, which really sucks because there should be, you know, if it's a man's story, it should be men's fiction. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, or, or there should be no category that is women's fiction. Right. And it's just, right. just fiction. Just cause fiction, I mean, right. literary I, fiction. What's that? literally just literary fiction right um i um i am drawn uh to fantasy um and i didn't want to just write a i don't know literary fiction piece a uh, legit fiction piece on um on chronic pain or on toxic masculinity or I, to me, that's not, um, that wouldn't be a compelling read for me. Yeah. And, um, and I also didn't want to write a treatise or an essay about these, these subjects and, um, and Los Angeles as a setting is a very important sort of character in the story. Um, and I didn't want to write a travel log of Los Angeles. I wanted to take yeah. all those elements and put them together in a very realistic, gritty kind of way, um, and then introduce this fantasy element that yeah. um, that takes you into unexpected places. So yeah. uh, that's always that's always been more appealing to me than just a straight ahead. Uh, straight yeah yeah because and i and i totally get that because when you go into just a literary fiction there is a very heavy part of that right and you're like that's the the humdrum of everyday life and when people and i write i write what, what you consider women's fiction literary mm -hmm. fiction it's very humdrum and very heavy right and it's like some people read to get away from that humdrum and that heavy they don't want to remember all the heavy of their everyday life they're already going through it they don't want right. to read it right yeah i mean i i deal with chronic pain every single day but then i write about it in my books and it's like do people want to read that so i i totally get that I love the fantasy genre that's my gig like i will read a fantasy novel like I'll put away everything. I'll put away my podcast, everything to read a fantasy. Yeah. So you, you take what is every day, but yet you put the fantasy into it. It makes it, it gives this compelling, this, this oomph, I guess you would say to it. So I love that you did that because it, it gives it so much more of an enticing feeling and you take it that everyday setting. So people connect with it. Right. Yeah, and it, it, it allows me to because I I do uh, I I have I I 
live with chronic pain myself. And, uh, and so I, I wanted to communicate that in a way that, I mean, you could do it just purely through metaphor, uh, in, in whatever you're writing, whatever genre it happens to be, but I wanted to take that metaphor and elevate it and make it mm -hmm. literal. And yeah. so, um, so for me, I, I have issues with my neck and shoulders, right. And mm -hmm. In real life, it really does feel like a spike has been driven through the point where my neck meets my shoulder. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, I mean, just last week I had a, an episode that like kind of took me out for the whole week. Yeah. Um, it puts and, you down like in bed. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and you know, and it's something I'll deal with for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. uh, no matter, no matter what. I do to mitigate it, you know, it'll come and go. Um, yep. Anyway, uh, but for Alex, for the hero of the wrong side of a working man, that spike is literal. You know, I mean, he, because we're dealing on this fantasy level, yeah. uh, I can take, I can take what I have experienced and then have it manifest in this way that for someone else who, lives with chronic pain they can relate to and then for someone who doesn't mm -hmm. live with chronic pain hopefully they can take that manifestation of that that literal manifestation of that metaphor of that pain and go aha i get you know i see how this moves him through his life yeah and and that's so important on so many different levels one it helps people that don't understand chronic pain to now understand it because it's an invisible disease right it's an invisible yeah. condition that you live with but it also the people that love fantasy can see what the character is dealing with they can in their minds they can see it they can almost feel it i mean for me when i'm reading a good book i can feel what the character is going through because that's what literature is supposed to do and and like i'm already like man i want to read this because I'm, as a chronic pain sufferer and i saw a picture uh on your facebook where you had a, a brace a black brace on you were taking and you were talking about chronic pain so yeah. i'm glad that we were able to discuss that in here and as it being a part of your book because tying that and understanding why an author writes about certain things and that that connection right. you know that they can convey the story in a way that's going to have the reader understand it so you you did illustrations in the book you you talk about you illustrated the book yourself as well right yeah yeah i was just it, you know i you know we, we've talked about chronic pain and and uh and that's an important through line in the story, but what I really want to deliver to my reader is a rousing, gritty fantasy adventure that happens mm -hmm. to take place in real world Los Angeles. And I love those sort of those classic adventure novels from back in the you know, up until the, up until then, maybe 1950s, um, adult adventures had illustrations in them. You know, that wasn't just in children's books. And I always love, like, I don't know, you can see on my shelves back here, I have a bunch of Frank Frazetta books. And then this is, this right there is a collection of EC Comics 
from the okay. 1950s pre-code comics. And so I've always loved that kind of illustration that was geared towards adults. And, uh, and so I set out to take that sort of ethos and modernize it. So, um, so that it's not, um, so that it, you know, so that it's, it's a 21st century version of that. So mm -hmm. many of those old adventure stories are so colonial and I didn't want to participate in that. Uh, but the, the, the trappings of those books with the illustrations and, and the adventure, uh, I wanted, I wanted to borrow from. So that's why, that's where, like, for instance, the, the book, the first part of the book is this map mm. of Los Angeles that, okay. that gives you a, you know, that's where your journey is going to take place. So it's this fantasy style map that you might find in the frontispiece of a Tolkien book, but it's of L.A., so yeah, because it brings you into this is happening in your your city where you're at. Yeah. And a lot of the fantasy books, they're in made up worlds. And you're like, why do I need to make up a world? We already have one. Yeah. I mean, my world building was um I I want I want the Los Angeles of my book to be as close to real life as it possibly can be except that there happen to be these fantasy elements that crop up. I want I want you to come away from the story thinking this might have happened in real life but yeah. we just never heard about it. As opposed to a fantasy where you know there there are werewolves or vampires or something in you know in urban fantasy that actually like sort of affects the world that the characters live into the point where it really is a parallel world to the one we live in. Yeah. I want this one to like be our world, like on a one-to-one -one scale. Yeah. And that, that's something new. Cause there's not a lot of books that try to do that. A lot of them try to like go away from here, unless they're just writing literary fiction. Right. The, the fantasy yeah. books try to go totally and build whole new worlds and people like they they become obsessed with this whole new world they built. So I, I find that very interesting to have it set here. And I and I like that because I think we get in the not only the literary wor world, but in the filmmaking world and all these other places of entertainment as a whole, I think we get so obsessed with going outside of our world versus just you know what, let's live here and let's, let's make some stuff from, from right here and bring us all back to the real world and, and have just a couple of, you know, fantasy things that happen here so that we can reconnect with where we're at. So you've written other books as well. How many books is this for you now? This is, this is my second novel. Okay. Um, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. Please go ahead. Will this will this be? Um, is there going to be some spinoffs from this? You see this becoming like a series? Yeah, I, I the first novel is not uh, directly related to Working Man, but um, but is also a gritty Los Angeles story. Um, but I will be doing. I, I believe that it's at least a trilogy 
now wrong side of the working man and then i'm i'm sort of gathering my my thoughts and notes on the next book in in that series and i've already sort of figured out what a third book would be so um so yeah that i'm definitely going down that road so you've talked about screenwriting you've talked about filmmaking do you see this as something that could that you would put into a screenplay and present on the big screen yeah i mean i um i would definitely love to do that uh i yeah it's a question of how what's the best way to deliver it would it make right. a standalone feature best or would it be better as a uh you know as an episodic mm -hmm. as a series um and that's still being talked about and figured out right now with uh me and other people too yeah. early to really yeah. you know to to like there's no news to deliver but it's like, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> understandable i mean it yeah. sounds it sounds fantastic and it's i i love the wrong side of a working man and when you say over you know a couple decades ago that came out and you just knew and when i heard it i mean when when you know your your agent sent me um the email about the show and i just i just heard the title i was like wrong side of a working man i didn't even know i didn't even read anymore i was like i want to hear more about that like just the title itself because like i said i grew, grew up and then when i was in the air force i worked with all construction workers so i mean wrong side of a working man i was like oh this is going to get dangerous what is this about I had yeah. more. so i mean you 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 automatically have that ear so when you were growing i i always ask this question because I, I think it's really important um Growing up, the young Justin DePego. Yeah. Growing up, um, you're from Los Angeles, correct? Yes. Growing up in Los Angeles, obviously you're around a lot of the entertainment world. Possibly, were you mm -hmm. around it as a child? Is this something that you saw as your future, or did you see your future as something else? Well, I grew up in the entertainment business. Okay. My, my father is a screenwriter. Um, mm -hmm. and he's, he's 81 and is still only partially retired. I mean, he's still, uh, he's still, uh, he's still doing it. Um, so I had, and my mother was also a writer. She wasn't a screenwriter. Uh, and my brother is a writer. And so we had a very, um, the, the whole family was all about creativity and storytelling and yeah um and expressing your art in whatever form that it was my mom was a was a was a painter and a sculptor and and um and a poet and so and so she passed that on to my brother and I and my dad obviously was a is a writer so it was a very creative um crucible to grow up in and I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be doing that um mm that was uh but i was also very uh very physical and very like so when it came when i got old enough to uh that i you know it was time for me to get a job um and then through my writing career in those periods where you just you know you need day jobs i was always you know i was working in construction or i was a horse trainer um or, or I taught lessons and I worked on 
dude ranches and, and stuff like that. And so I always had very physical blue collar kinds of working man jobs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I was always, you know, had a foot in both of those worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like I really benefited from that uh, as an artist because it gives me access to places that uh, you might not otherwise, if you live in this sort of rarefied ivory tower kind of artist existence, which. Yeah. 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 You get to see, um, I love the blue collar world. Um, the tenacity of people, the, the sheer grit of what, what they go through, what they deal with and stuff. It, it's a, it's a fantastic world. It's a hard world, but it's a fantastic world. Um, I've lived in it my entire life, but, but I totally get the, the having to have that, that, that blue collar job until this one kicks off. <laughs> yeah. I, <don't, laughs> I understand that. Uh, I'm still, I'm still there myself. I get that. Um, I would love to see, um, this sounds like a fantastic, uh, show. You know, I, you know what, in my mind, I, I'm sitting here and I'm picturing there's, I, I think it was one of the Spider-Man movies where, um, Jamie, I can't think of his last name where he gets electrocuted. And he goes on this rampage. Oh yeah, Jamie Fox. Yeah, Jamie Fox. There you go. Like for some reason, when when I'm hearing you tell the story about Wrong Side of a Working Man, I'm thinking like that's what I'm picturing in my head. I'm thinking of like that the Spider-Man movie and and that happening. And I don't know why. And I think it's because you know he he was a regular. He was a nobody. He, he was like a maintenance man. worker in the lab. Exactly. Right? Right? Yeah. And he yeah, got so. and he that happened to him, and then he started going on this rampage, and 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 it was in the city. So like I'm seeing, I'm visualized. I, I'm a visualization person. Like think I get visual visualizations in my head of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm seeing it happen, and I'm like, oh, I'm seeing this story unfold in my head. So it's really nice to, and I can't do that with all books, but some of them I can I can see. And, and I, I really like that process, but anyways, I'll ramble forever. That's what I do. Oh, no, I mean, so- I mean that's, that's not a bad, that's not a bad comparison. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, Alex and uh, the Jamie Foxx character are on different paths, but it's a yeah. similar kind of thing where, um, you know, you have this guy, uh, you know, in the, in the Spider-Man movie, uh, you know, he's going to work in coveralls every day. Um, and doesn't expect anything um, special to happen to him. And, uh, and then he ends up accidentally with this power. Uh, Similarly, Alex, I mean, this is not a, a huge spoiler, but when he, uh, when he finds out that he's been cursed, his reaction isn't like, like he, he he basically his reaction is why like why that i'm just i'm just in, like why me he's not yeah. he's not like the kind of guy who expects he's going to go on some kind of adventure he's not in like the context of a spider-man movie or something like that he's not a mad scientist he's not um an industrialist he's not you know he's not any kind of guy that expects he's going to go on a superhero adventure he's an electrician who works every day in different people's homes fixing their lighting and stuff like that so 
So yeah, I mean, it, on that level, it is a, it's a similar jumping off place. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was envisioning. Just this average everyday guy that nobody sees, like no one even knew who he was. He went into work every single day. He, no one even knew he existed. He was, everyone was like, who's that guy? And why is he important? You know, it just that invisible worker that you literally don't even know who exists until your lights don't come on. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's yeah, an important so, part of Alex's story. That's it's, it's wonderful that you're saying that because it's something that I've said uh, in, in a couple of different interviews and things, but yeah, when you're doing a job like that, as, as I have done, um, you do become invisible. And, yep. and in my case and in Alex's case, like you, you're not just, you know, it's not, you're not punching in and going to work every day in, you're, you're going into people's homes and you get into their home. And as soon as you start doing what you're doing, uh, they'll forget that you're there. I mean, I'm, I'm in their home with a ladder and drop cloths and my tools and going back and forth to my truck. And it's as though I'm a ghost. Uh, and, uh, and, and so you get, if you're me, (laughs) uh, if you're, you're, you're absorbing all of these lives that you're getting to witness in people's homes or small businesses, and you're witnessing all of this life across Mm -hmm. this city in this very, um, unfiltered, uh, candid way and i and that was something that i wanted to convey in the book mm-hmm. like exactly like you're saying this this guy who is otherwise invisible is all of a sudden the guy who needs yeah. to to go on this journey and that right there is a hero that everybody can love because everybody wants everybody i mean when you find somebody that everyone's just basically overlooking and now they like they get picked the quest it's kind of like that's that's the hero they love you know what i mean like damn it's about time they got recognized it's about damn time you know what i mean so that's fantastic so um where can people grab a copy of this book or website where where are we sending everybody to i'm going to type it here so they can grab a copy okay so the book itself the the paperback is available wherever books are sold so you can get it on amazon or on bookshop.org uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, or, and if it's not in your local bookstore, you can ask for it and they'll order it for you. The, the, the hardcover and the, I love the hardcover, by the way, the, uh, this this sort of, Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, the hardcover and the ebook are both exclusive to Amazon. Okay. So, uh, so, but you know, easy to find, just look them up on, on Amazon and then for me, uh, you can find me and everything that I'm doing at my website, which is depegonow.com. Um, and then I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm just typing it in here. I just want to make sure I typed it right. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So depegonow.com. And then... Um, and then I'm also pretty active on Twitter and Instagram. So on Twitter, I'm at Justin DePego. And on Instagram, I'm at Justin underscore DePego, just to make it a little confusing. Um, 
underscore DePego. So Instagram.com Justin underscore oops, underscore DePego. Sometimes people that are watching the show go and uh, grab it right then and there, or they'll come back. So I like to have it in the comments, easily clickable for them. Okay. Excellent. Awesome. Awesome. So what's, what's next on the agenda now? I mean, you're, you're on this whirlwind tour of podcasts. Um, I saw that you just did a book signing as well. Do you have any book signings coming up that we can put in here for dates and times? I unfortunately don't have an actual date. There's, there's going to be okay. something coming up uh, as we head into the fall. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. local to, uh, to LA. Um, okay. um, but I don't have dates for that yet. Th that will all be on my website and okay. obviously all over my social media. I will not be subtle about it. And um, <laughs> you don't need to be throwing yeah. all out there. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm, and then, oh, and then the, uh, the audio book is coming out soon. Sweet. Uh, so that's, uh, that's exciting. Uh, and then I'm getting to work on my next pieces, which is, you know, I, I always have multiple things that I'm working on, uh, which is why I can't sleep. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah. It's overrated anyways. I tried it one time and I said, I don't like it that much. Right? So I, it felt I, gave, like I gave it up. Done. <laughs> I gave it up like cigarettes at the age of 40. Both of them went out the door. I gave it all up. So <laughs> what's well, been great. I've loved talking to you. Love learning about, uh, the book, you know, the things about the reason, some of the reasoning behind the book, all that great stuff. Um, I can't wait to see the things that you come out with and see this on the big screen one day. I think it's going to be a fantastic new story for people to connect with their world versus other worlds. Not that I don't love other worlds, because trust me, I'll grab, put me a fantasy book. I'm reading it. I don't care oh, what sure. world it's in. But at the same time, this is something new and exciting because it's here in our world. Not that I've been to LA, but well, I have just on an airplane at the airport. But anyway, that's another story. Um, so is there anything else that we may not have talked about that you want to talk about before we head out for the night and tell all of our fan all of your fans um and guests that have been watching tonight uh i don't think so i mean i think we covered a lot you i can plug my other book which is, wait oh wait uh, yeah there it is that's uh seven o'clock man which is a sort of a, a gritty uh noir that takes place in the late 1980s on skid row here in la so um oh. I love I love a gritty look at Los Angeles, the kind of L.A. that you don't get to see in the media. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so that you know, that's also available wherever paperbacks are sold. Uh, so check that one out, too. And then, yeah, go to my website and, and keep posted with all of the uh, the stuff that I'm, I'm always working on multiple things. So there's always something coming up. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here tonight, Justin. It's been great talking to you, getting to know the gritty side of LA as you say it and the things that you're putting in your books and sharing with the world. Um, maybe you'll come back once you get on the big screen and share your movie or series that you have with us. And yeah, awesome. Well, guys, that's it for us tonight. You guys go grab Justin's book, check out his website, um, follow him on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have everything here for you. And make sure to come back each night for our shows. And we'll see you guys. Well, not each night. We don't do this every night anymore because that was way too much for me. I got burnt out. But we try to do it every Wednesday as long as we have a great guest like Justin wanting to come on the show and share their beautiful literary arts. 
So we will see you guys hopefully next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, Justin. We'll see you later. Great to see you. Thanks Bye. for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is...